the Showing Geek Podcast. I have special guest Sam from Witch Police on today. Hey. Say hello, Sam. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Good. Hey, um, the, the, the main reason I wanted to have you on the show was I think that you do a great service to the city uh, and to the scene and exposing all these great bands, but I don't know if anyone's ever really gotten to know you on the air. So I kind of want to... I've been on a few podcasts. Yeah, I, uh, actually, locally. yeah. Which ones have you been on? I did a little bit of research today, and oh, you have been around a little bit. Yeah, I was on. Um, I was on the Ever Sick podcast with Stephen Richards. Yep. Um, you know, I was on uh, the Winnipeg Music Project uh, a couple of years back, and I was on um, Pub Chat, which is funny because I don't drink. So, uh, <laughs> that was an unusual one, but I was also on um, Red River Ran- Red River Ransom uh, a couple of years back as well. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So actually, I, I kind of discovered all that today. I did a little bit uh, of extra research on you to yeah. just kind of see who you were and what you did. And um, uh, my exposure to yourself, I guess, uh, where you and I met was kind of through the podcast festival. But I, I've been a fan of the show for a little while. Um, but kind of cherry picking the episodes of the of your show that of the bands that you know I've played with before. Sure, and yeah, um yeah, yeah and there's I'm probably a few on there I would imagine, right? <laughs> there's quite a few, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's been pretty cool. But um I kind of did a little bit of digging um cuz I know your story kind of fascinates me on um how you went from being a musician um then transitioning to being a dad and all that and kind of getting out of the music scene but still keeping a toe in. Um yeah. kind of wanted you to talk about that a little bit like what how how the transition happened. I know the old band was called Grandpa's Army. Is that right? That was one of them. Yeah, that was back in the late 90s. Back in the late 90s. And that was a ska band, right? It was a ska band, yeah. Yeah, I've, uh, I have I downloaded the package off your website today, so I'm going to be... A uh, lot of, there's a lot of stuff on there, yeah. A yeah. lot of it is not of the best quality, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if I would recommend much of it, but yeah, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a pretty big ska fan. I I was going through your episode list, and you get JFK and the Conspirators on there, yeah. um, which is one of my all time faves of the local scene. Oh, they're friend. they're amazing. Um, so so can you tell me a little bit about Grandpa's Army? Like how like how did that form? What happened to it? And was the transition when when uh, Sam became a dad? No, I was in a lot of bands after that. Grandpa's Army only lasted from about ninety eight to two thousand. Okay. And then, uh, and then it reunited again in 2002 or three, I want to say, for one show. And we've just kind of, uh, me and the keyboard player at the time, kind of pushed the, the whole mythos of Grandpa's Army, like, way beyond what it actually deserves. So we've been spending the past, like, 20 years just, like, acting as if it was an important band, when it, it definitely wasn't. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You, you're, you have um, a whole bunch of bands covering uh, your band's songs, which I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah, I was trying to do that. That, that didn't really take off. Um, but I did get a few people submitting things, which is hilarious. No, it's awesome. So was, it was just a teenage band that, um, you know, it, it was what it was. It was the, the third wave Scott thing was happening big then. And, yeah, and that, that's what I was doing at the time. But that was kind of my main, I mean, I'd been in shitty bands before that with, with my friends and stuff, but that was my main first, I guess, entry point into the local music scene where I was actually playing real shows. You know, so, like at the Alberta, the West End Culture Center. Oh, yeah. All the great venues. Were you? Uh, what were you playing in that band? What instrument? Uh, I was playing guitar. You're playing guitar. Awesome. Um, it, so the other bands that you're in uh, post um, Grandpa's Army was it? Was it more ska or was it? Were you, no, did you no, try other um, things? 
Uh, yeah, the most, I guess the the other one that was a notable in any way, and it's not to say that it was notable, but um, would have been the Mouth Boat, which was like a three-piece kind of noise punk thing. Okay. Um, I was playing, I was playing guitar and keyboard and singing in that, and that was mm, 2004 to 2008 or so, and then we got back together again to record another tape in 2012. Uh, that just ended because the drummer moved to Ontario. Okay. And it didn't seem right to continue it with replace one of the three members because everyone was equally important, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, so how did that? So how did that transition into Witch Police? What like well, what um, what was like what was the key factors um, in making it happen? Well, when Witch Police the the website started, uh, it was because I was in a band called Dynamo. Uh, it was me and my friend Rob Crooks, who is a well known um, rapper, singer, songwriter, producer in Winnipeg, and we were in our first band together ever when we were 12. Back in the 90s, it was a, a pretty terrible grunge band we had that <laughs> didn't really play a lot of shows or anything because we were, we were 12. But um, So I had a band with him kind of ongoing over the years whenever we had time to hang out called Dynamo, and we had written a song called We Are the Witch Police. And ah, I had okay. a recording of it, and we didn't really play a lot of shows, or any shows really at that point, and I just wanted to put it somewhere so people could hear it. So I made one of those free websites, and I needed to name it something. And since the song that we had ready to go was called We're the Witch Police, I just called it Witch Police, the name of the website. And that existed pretty much only to post the Dynamo music that we had so people could just stream it or download it or whatever. Right. And then that kind of turned into, wait a minute, I have this site now. I can start posting all of my old Grandpa's Army stuff and all of my Mothboat stuff and all the other weird projects I'd been in over the years. And then that turned into wait, I have all these tapes from the basement of my friend's old bands from that, you know, from the 90s onwards. I should post those because they need to be preserved and people need to hear them too. And then that turned into people telling me like, hey, I had this old tape, you know, or this old CDR from 10 years ago. Can you post it on the site? And it, it just kind of ballooned from there. So for the first few years of it, like from 2009 to 2012 or so, it was literally just an archive of like weird basement recordings and live recordings and demos and stuff that would have otherwise just been lost in a basement somewhere and never heard by anyone. So that's that, what Witch Police started out as. That's, I didn't even know that's what the podcast a, was. That's a great thing, Sam, because I, I went through that today, and I was, I was seeing all these uh, old old familiar band names that, I mean, I, I don't have. Like, I don't have them on cassette or anything like that. And That was kind of the point, yeah. It, it's great because, I mean, I, I think we can agree. I think our music scene might be the best in Canada. It's just pretty damn good. I've actually lived in a couple other places other than Winnipeg, and uh, I'll be honest, they're, they're gr- the great bands in other cities are probably the mediocre bands in ours. Uh, yeah, there's so many, too, which is great. It's just yeah. Like yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was going through that, and I think I'm probably going to be <laughs> downloading a, a bunch and uh, yeah. making mention on the show for sure. A lot of it is bad. I mean, to be fair, a lot well, no. of it is just stuff that, you know, either I did or my friends did, and yeah. I just thought, well, good or bad, it needs to be preserved. To be well, sure. Something that was made, and, you know, it shouldn't just be completely forgotten. Something for the grandkids to listen to, right? Yeah, yeah. Or even if not, someone something for someone randomly to stumble upon, and maybe they'll like it, you know? And yeah, for sure. Maybe tw- yeah, so that was kind of the idea. And then around 2012, I figured, I found out what a podcast was. <laughs> I didn't know what it was before that. Um <laughs> And then that's sort of where Witch Police turned from an archive of local music to so, a podcast. So how like how did you so how did you convert it into a podcast? So like what like did, did you hear another podcast? Was there another inspiration? Was yes, what what yeah, led I mean, you? There was um okay at that point two thousand nine um is when my first kid was born. So I was already kind of phasing myself out of playing in bands anyway because yep. 
my time, you know, as you know, being a parent, right? Your time oh, yeah. It's kind of cut significantly. So uh, I was not really playing music at all, but I still wanted to, first of all, hang out with my friends that I used to hang out with by playing in bands with. And secondly, just kind of just stay involved in something. And so when Witch Police started as a podcast, the idea was that my friends John and Rob, who I'd both played in bands with over the years, would come over to my house, we'd hang out, listen to records, and talk about them, and record it. And if anyone wanted to hear it, that's cool. If they didn't want to, we'd still have something to do once a week, so we could yep. still see each other and hang out. And you had the um, website anyway, so yeah, you exactly. had a place and to put it. Like, oh, some content to throw up here, and who cares if no one listens to it, because it's just, we could do it for ourselves, right? Yeah. And I, the, I, the first, I don't like saying this, because I don't actually like this podcast, but I was introduced to podcasts via the Nerdist podcast. Uh, I, I find Chris Hardwick, like, I can't listen to him. He irritates the shit out of me. But um, <laughs> a friend of mine told me, like, that, and I, I'd never heard of the show either. And a friend of mine said, hey, you're a big Black Flag fan. I, I, there's this podcast interview with Henry Rollins you should listen to. And so I had always assumed that podcasts were somehow related to having an iPod, which I, I, I never had. And I thought something you had to pay for. I had no clue how they worked. And so my friend convinced me that, yes, it was indeed free. <laughs> and, you know, I could, I could listen to it without having to sign up for any kind of service or whatever. So I downloaded it, and it was just, you know, a bunch of guys talking to Henry Rollins about, you know, his history in the music scene and, and all this other great stuff. And as much as I found the host annoying, which turned out to be Chris Hardwick, <laughs> I still really liked the, the format I thought was great. Yeah. And that kind of made me realize, like, wait, I, you can just do this? I, I, I didn't know. Um, and before that, like on the actual Witch Police site, which was the archives of music and stuff, whenever I'd get something new from someone or something old from someone, I was trying to record little video interviews with them, uh, just talking about, you know, talking about the record that was going to be posted on the site. And so I was already sort of doing that anyway, but the podcast idea just sort of gave me a better idea of how I could, I guess, package that, right, and make it did, available. Did you, ever, did you ever have a thought that maybe, you know, maybe I can do this better than what's out there? There isn't the right people out there interviewing these types of bands or giving them the exposure, like maybe I can do, uh, you know, a better job at it because I am a musician. I am from the scene. I still have my toe in it. Uh, no, not not really. I mean, like I said, at first it was just us hanging out and talking about records. And that got old pretty quick, though, because, um, like, I sort of realized as I was exploring a bunch of other podcasts that nobody really cares. <laughs> like, you know, we're just three people that, like, you know, we have our own opinions on, on music, and that's fine, and it's fun for us to listen to. But yeah. most people know this personally. You know, I just figured, well, they're, they're not going to, they don't care what my opinion is on this album. Like, who am I, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So what ended up happening was uh, Rob went on tour to Europe uh, for a few weeks. And so we had to replace him as a host on, on the, the record talking podcast that we had, the, the old format. And so we just kept inviting musicians to fill in the spot because that's who our friends were. And then it sort of eventually turned into interviews because it's like, well, we have these guys here anyway. Why are we just talking about someone else's album when we can ask them about about their album? About their, their own, yeah. Perform live on the show and stuff like that. So yeah, it just naturally kind of turned into interviews. It was very organic the way that it uh, that it evolved. Yeah, and at the time I wasn't working in journalism anymore. I, I had uh, like that's what my you know I went to journalism school. I worked in for newspapers for a long time, and um, I got out of it and was working just like a corporate communications job, which was not as fun and not as much what I wanted to do. So doing interviews about the music scene kept me with one foot in the music scene and one foot in journalism as well. So I think that's why the show's lasted as long as it has because it kind of marries those two interests that I really had strong interest in and it let me keep doing them. 
Well, you can tell that you're not bored on the show. That's for sure. Like it comes across, you're not, uh, you're not phony or anything. You're definitely like, no, like I'm digging this. Well, that's, that's good. Hopefully that's kind of what I want to come across. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not, oh, these guys, yeah, they're good. They're got a band, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Just say yeah, something about yourselves and let's sign off. That's the good thing about doing a podcast, though, right? And I'm sure you know this, too. Like, because it's your show and you're doing whatever you want. Like, I mean, if you didn't want to talk to me right now on the phone, you could be talking to someone else. You can. I don't have to talk to a shitty band that I don't like because. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and that's, that's the best thing about it is, like, you know, you, you can talk to interesting people, but you can also, you're not being handed, here's who you have to talk to. It's like, no, you go out and seek out who you want to talk to and, and who you think fits your format and stuff. So I, know, I, I like the openness of it. I, I do like that, too. That is actually probably my favorite thing. There's a, a, a lot of concepts that have been thrown at me. Oh, why don't you do, you know, talk about this or mm-hmm. why don't you have this person on? Because there's, I've had a lot of offers for, for guests, but some of them like, yeah, but I, I don't know what I'd talk to you about. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then it, it, it won't sound good, right? Yeah. If you don't have an, an interest in what the person is talking about in the first place, it's going to be a boring interview. So, it's yeah, I mean, I, I, I do see, hear some shows sometimes, and you can tell that it's just some publicist sent an email out saying, hey, can you interview this guy? And that the host is really into it, and it doesn't work as well. And then you hear the oh, for sure. and they're really into the guest, and it, it's a good conversation. So, yeah, even as a listener, I think you noticed that too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, the reason, I, I think the reason I wanted you on the show specifically, your the, the whole, um, the whole keeping your toe in the scene, wanting to be a good dad, you know, being a good husband, all that sort of stuff. But, oh man, like I, and, and it's funny. The reason I got into podcasting was because someone told me to listen to, um, to Chris Hardwick's podcast as well. Oh, same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I listened to it and I mean, I wasn't taken by him, but I really like the format of it. And I'm like, format, yeah, yeah. like this is, this is good. Now, not that I followed that format exactly, but I like the, the idea of, of having a conversation with someone that's not like a five minute soundbite. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's get the soundbite out of the way, but then like, you know, talk to the person, find out who they are. Like, I like that aspect of it. And, um, Especially when a lot of celebrity interviews too are, are just like, you can tell that the person being interviewed has done this for a week straight, yeah. talking to every single person and they're just giving the same stuff. The same yeah. three or four questions, you know, for the yeah, whole week. Yeah, yeah it's got to suck. I mean, I can't imagine how annoying that would be to just have to repeat yourself over and over again. And can... really dumb, basic questions. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Not, not good journalism at all. We no, actually, no. um, one of the things that, uh, that one of the, I don't know, the, the formats we followed on this show a couple of times is we have a, a, a format called incorrect journalism. We've okay. done it a couple of times and it's kind of mocking how, uh, mocking some of that stuff. So, uh, what we would do is, um, because I'm a dad, I don't read news as often as I would like. So somebody would send me headlines and I would comment on the headlines without reading the articles. Okay. Kind of to prove, yeah. yeah. Well, to prove, well, that's exactly. But I was doing it to prove a point. Like I wasn't, you know, it, it was it was a skit, but it was more along the lines of, yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm talking out of my ass, and look how stupid yeah. I sound. That yeah, was yeah. the whole point. Um, and we've done it a few times, and I I don't think people get the joke. <laughs> no, people I think you're serious. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's it's kind of a kind of a weird thing. But, uh, yeah, I've actually, uh, uh, it's not, I'm not saying this officially now, but the, I've pretty much retired from the scene because the kid thing is, uh, takes, does take a lot of time. Like you yeah, and I, yeah. 
you and I were supposed to do, do an interview or you're supposed to do an interview with my band and the band broke up. And to be honest, I was kind of happy that it happened. Um, because we, I, the band was started when my second one was born and right. there was a lot of times we were playing till two in the morning and then I was going to be up three or four hours later, you know, to, for the first wake up call of the day. And it was, it was pretty oh, yeah, tough. Yeah. And then you got to work on top of that and everything. Yet. Oh yeah. It was, it was, it was tough, but yeah, I, I like, um, I, I don't know. I was just following your, your example. is kind of, a kind of inspiring. Well, that's good. Thank you. I'm glad. Yeah. So yeah, I'm glad I'm glad people are listening. I mean, that's kind of the whole the whole point. I think that a lot of people, um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but a lot of people seem to take uh, podcasting as like almost a, they want to they want to beat everyone else. Like they, they want to be the best show, which is a good you know. Of course, you want to do the best show you can. Sure. But it, a lot of people seem very competitive about it, which is weird because like everyone's doing something different, even if it's the same genre, because of the, the openness of it. Like. It just seems weird. Like, I mean, I, I, I like listening. I love listening to other local podcasts and trying to get inspiration or ideas or, or whatever from the way they're doing things. Exactly. I mean, the way you guys do a show is completely different from mine, but it's cool to hear it, and it's cool to hear what works on yours. And it doesn't mean it'll work on mine, but, I mean, maybe I'll get some ideas from, from hearing that, you know? Oh, for and sure. I can, and vice versa. And it's just so weird when people, like, are negative about each other's podcasts because, like, no one's making any money off this for the most part. <laughs> no. Right? Everyone's yeah. doing it because they're passionate about it. Like, why not be supportive? I don't know. It's, it's oh, exactly. And that's why I'm glad we're doing the Manitoba podcast, uh, the yearly thing, trying to get, you know, kind of get people excited about, you know, the scene. Like, it's a yeah. scene. Yeah. It's a scene of its own, for sure. It's just, it's not very organized at the moment. And I, I like that you're putting this together with, uh, with the other guys to, uh, you know, make it a thing. Yeah, we're trying to anyway. Well, we're going to get I mean, there. There's, so, yeah, <laughs> we're going to push it through. The meeting that you guys came to was it was good. Like people had ideas, and I think when we came up with the festival in the first place, it was just me and Stefan and Roger, kind of sitting around trying to think of how we can get people together for it, right? And I mean that came about because I was on Stefan's show. I'd never met him before, but he asked me to be on his show, and I already knew Roger because he'd been on my show before. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and we just started talking after the interview about how we should do something, and that kind of organically happened like that. And I kind of like that that's the thing that happens. It reminds me of the punk scene, like in the 90s, the DIY punk scene. It does, doesn't it? And a lot of my friends are still people that I met back then when I was playing in bands. And it's cool that now a lot of my friends are people in the podcast community who are doing the same thing. It's all, you know, just making it up as they go along and building something organic, which is cool that at you know at my age I can still do that. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I kind of, it's, it's like, I think you brought this up before. I think it's the wild west is there's, there's kind of no rules and it, it, it's kind of exciting. Um, and I, I, what I've found is that everyone I've met, like from the podcast festival was that everyone's like majority anyway are like, Oh, what do you have? Well, I'm going to go listen to like, I got a big spike in my numbers after, after that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you probably saw the same thing yourself. It was just some people that weren't even aware. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. This is like totally up my alley. This is the type of podcast I would love to listen to. I didn't even know about it. It's a great yeah, way to I cross promote. I think a lot of people maybe who have been doing shows for years even maybe just didn't know that there was all this out there and just thought, oh, I'm doing this. I'm in like my own little world doing podcasts that no one's hearing. But then it's like, oh, wait, there's 20 other people doing this. And there is there there is a, a way to make a community out of it, which is really cool. Yeah, definitely. So uh, this being the Sean Geek podcast and all, uh, I'm gonna ask uh, I'm gonna ask you a geeky question here. Sure. Um, 
now I know you're, you're, you're the, bit, the thing you're probably the most geekiest about is probably music and journalism. Obviously we've touched on that, but is there, yeah. is there a secret inner geek in you that's uh, into something else? that's uh, a bit more nerdy. Um, well, I mean, you know, I like, uh, I like comics and superhero movies and all that stuff as much as anyone and sci-fi and stuff. But I mean, I don't know, aside from music, really, you know, one thing that I'm, and this isn't, I guess, stereotypically, stereotypically thought of as a geek thing, but like, Music and hockey are pretty much equally important in my brain. They take up an equal equal part of my brain. I think in a, if a, like another if my life had gone a different direction, I would have been doing a hockey podcast now. Actually, you might well, you might still have time to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what <laughs> happened was when like I was a teenager when the Jets left, right? Yeah. And then at that point, I was just like my, my my three teams were the Jets, the Nordiques, and the Whalers, and they all left. So at that point, I was like, I'm done with hockey. Garbage. And that was the same time That's when I started, hilarious. Yeah, it's brutal. And it's the same time when I started playing music, right? So it was like that all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. Playing punk rock and stuff just completely took over what hockey was. So is that what the angst hockey. was all about? <laughs> I miss yeah, my probably, hockey? Probably. probably. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I was in the grunge band at the time. It adds up to the timeline works out, yeah. I don't know. But no, uh, yeah, I think that if I, if I hadn't, if that hadn't happened, like maybe I wouldn't have been playing music and I wouldn't have had an interest in music and my friends would have been totally different. And, you know, everything would have been different. I wouldn't be doing the show, for sure. Like, you know, it could... So, I mean, as much as it sucked when the Jets left, like, that definitely encouraged me to do something different. And, yeah, and then I became obsessed with music, so... Actually, I moved here, um, I think, two years... Probably two or three years before the Jets left. Okay. So, I... Yeah, I got, I got a bit of it. It was interesting. Like, I'm from the Maritimes, so, I mean, we don't have any team of any kind, you know, of any real standing. So to move here and, and to have an NHL team was like, what? It was yeah, kind of, it was kind of crazy. It's like, okay, now I'm in a big city. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's not, but it makes it seem like one, right? Oh, no, for sure. For sure it does. And then the return was pretty damn exciting, to be honest. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy, yeah. 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 And we got our MTS yeah, center out of it, so... If I could be nerdy about anything, it's that. Like, I mean, I, I still remember, not all of them, but I still have a, t- a whole box full of Jets hockey cards from when I was a kid. Nice. And I remember all kinds of stupid stats from some of these guys that were playing in the 90s and stuff. And it's just, yeah, ridiculous. But, yeah, music, I think, is, is edgy. It's gone over the edge, and it's a higher uh, priority, but hockey is up there for sure. Yeah, I, I vacillate between the music and the comic books, to be honest. <laughs> I'm, yeah, yeah. Uh, right now, I'm on a, um, well, since, since the band broke up, and I'm not fronting a band anymore. I'm going back yeah. to my first love, which was drums. And uh, getting back into that, I actually stopped. I actually quit music when the kids were born, and then the dome thing happened. And then um, I, I stopped playing drums. It was just impossible with the kids. It's just too noisy and all that stuff. So I've actually just since last year, I had a I had a a, sh- a show booked, I guess for uh, my brother's birthday, who you met on Sunday. And um, we did a surprise show for him that he was playing at that he wasn't aware of. (laughs) So it's like, okay, well, I haven't played drums in five years. (laughs) Let's see how quick. It turned out really good, actually. Uh, My my brother was a natural, which was pretty cool. But uh, I was, I I, I think I did okay. I I forgot how to do a a lot of polyrhythms and... uh, my my footwork maybe wasn't as good as uh, as all that, but that was well about eight months ago, and I've been playing like three nights a week after the kids go to bed. I got a little electronic kit in the basement. Oh, nice. it, it's not cool to play an electronic kit, but so you can put headphones on. 
but I get headphones on and it's yeah. quiet and I can play again. So it's like, I, it's like I fell in love all over again. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I, funny you mentioned comics though, because I mean, I, I used to read a lot of comics when I was like in the, in the early mid nineties when I was a kid. And, um, part of the reason I stopped is just, I didn't like the, the collector aspect of it. It kind of bummed me out, which sounds weird because I have like old pile of records and tapes and CDs and stuff. Well, that's but different. <laughs> it was, well, it, 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 I mean, it's not really, it's just the, the kind of obsessive collectorness about it where everything has to be like, you know, people worried about like different printings and different conditions yep. and stuff. I still feel the same way about records. I'm looking at like a big shelf full of records here and like, I don't go to those record shows and stuff because it's all about like, you know, here's some $200, seventh pressing UK version of the album. I, I <laughs> yeah. don't want that. I don't care. I want the record so I can listen to it. Yeah. And it almost, it bums me out. And I found that comics at the time was bumming me out the same way. So I, I wasn't super into them, but I, I kind of lost interest because I was finding that going to the stores and stuff was more like, here's some rare exclusive thing versus here's something for a buck that you can buy and take home and read. Yeah. Yeah. I, record, I, like, so, were, so were you searching through like the quarter bins and that sort of thing at the comic book shops? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a ridiculously large collection of comic books and it's funny with it. I kind of fell out around the same time with the, uh, the variant covers and foil covers yeah, yeah, it's and, too much. It's too much. and, um, I kind of backed right off cause a, I couldn't afford cause everything was all, you know, suddenly became more expensive, but totally. I kind of, I, fl- I flipped the other way and right now my wife collects a few titles and I collect one. It's, it's, I'm not a very good comic nerd anymore. Yeah, what do you what do you still read? Uh, I was big on uh, the Avengers back in the day, and the X Men. Those were my two mainstays. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, what about you? Those are like things you would have probably read as a kid too, eh? Oh yeah, no, this is yeah that stuff I was reading as soon as I could read, which is around you know four years old or it was like between three and four. I was reading comic books like that that long ago, and I was making my own back then too. Uh. Oh yeah, no, I've I've even published some stuff too, so it's That's it's kind of cool. Really. Yeah, it is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So but what were you, what did, what were you reading though? Oh, I was just whatever I could get in the doll, the twenty five cent thing, basically. <laughs> I mean, I guess like you know, yeah. I, I mean, it was all superhero stuff, and it was just whatever I could get my hands on that was affordable, basically. That's all it was. I couldn't afford any of the fancy, expensive ones, so it was just literally cool. Here's some you know old Hulk comics from the seventies or whatever. These are called, it's like a bag of them for buck fifty. So oh, yeah. Like oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that, I never that, got super deep into it or anything, but, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I, I dove in deep. <laughs> it was yeah. pretty bad. I actually did what a couple did of pitches to Marvel and stuff. And oh, really? Nothing, yeah, nothing ever really panned out. Uh, that's cool though that's cool to even give it a shot like that. oh I, I gave it a, yeah I gave it a shot but I self-published on my own stuff uh, a, a little while back um, well, right I, just, I just got I self-published one issue that's okay. <laughs> as far as I got and then I ran out of money that's still cool though, yeah yeah but no it's, it's I, I kind of believe my whole uh, take on life is if you're curious to try something why don't you just try it oh just totally do yeah, it for sure yeah sure. I think too many people don't do that like they, they think you know they they, they they read comics, they want to make one, but they don't think they're in the right business or have the right skills or have the right background. And same with playing music and same with doing a podcast and, and writing books or, you know, anything. It's like people are too concerned about whether they're doing it right. And I think that the way to do things is to just do it and you learn how to do it after trying a few times, right? Yeah. Like none of us know what a podcast was when we started doing it. Well, yeah. It and it's to the point where someone listens, right? So, I mean, well, yeah, well, gotta, well, exactly. It's like, wait a minute, I got some listeners. How the hell yeah. did that happen? You know, I yeah, just... So, 
something's working, right? So something's clicking with whoever's listening, and that's cool. Like, it's, yeah. I, 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 I think one of the things I like is that you kind of didn't really sell out. You just kind of did your thing, and your audience found you. Like, that's, to me, that's, that's like success right there is doing it on your own terms, and, you know, yeah. people come around, and I don't know. It feels like a, a, a wholesome podcast. And that's what I, that's what I shoot for. But you know, it's like grounded. There's no BS. It's just, hey, I'm, yeah. I like this band. I want to talk to them. You know? Yeah, true, true. I don't think there's an option for any of us to sell out. No. <laughs> things would be different, but I don't think anyone's coming by with a bunch of money. Like, hey, I want to, you know, yeah, it's, it's not happening. But that's okay. Like, it's, it's fine, right? I mean, I kind of like the, the fact that it's, it's a local thing. I mean, I kind of, I guess, close myself off to potentially reaching a bigger audience by the fact that it's all local bands. But I don't care. I mean, from what I understand, most of the people who listen are people who are in bands themselves in Winnipeg anyway. So yeah. It's like if that, uh, I think the quality of listener is better than quantity, right? I mean. Oh, for sure. And so, I mean, even if I, even if I only had like five listeners, as long as they were the people who would really care about the subject matter, then that's, that's good. Who cares? Like. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad I have more than five listeners. Well, yeah, for sure. One of the reasons I wanted you on the show, I'm like, I, I was thinking like a, I'm wondering if your 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 audience is like was was very regional or very national, and like I wonder if I get you on the show and it kind of expose you, because um, my market is mostly international. I, mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I, I yeah. it, it's weird. I, I I don't understand it. So I I I kind of want to expand my regional uh, audience, but I also want to expose you to my international audience. Like, because I don't know, yeah. it, it's a great podcast, and there's like so many great bands here, and I'd like to see you know, you as the anchor to getting these bands, you know, maybe gigs across Canada or into the U.S., like that sort of thing. Like, Yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. I think one of the, my favorite things about having guests every week is, or twice a week now when I'm releasing twice a week, but is um, that like once someone's been on the show, with a few exceptions, I mean, the vast majority of them I get along with great and like uh, I have lasting relationships with them, uh, you know, about music and stuff. But it's like, once someone's been on the show, they're kind of part of the history of the show, and I try to encourage people to listen to them as much as possible, and then vice versa. Like people in bands who've been on the show, even if it was years ago, well, suddenly I'll see a post on social media like saying, "Hey, check out this podcast," you know, and and I do the same, you know, "Hey, check out this show these guys are playing," and here's a link to when they were on my show in 2015 or whatever, right? And it's yeah. cool that it's kind of it's like a mutual like again with the DIY punk rock uh, analogy, it's like everyone's just sort of helping each other out. And a lot of people I'm friends with now, like, you know, like actually friends, friends with are people I've met through doing the podcast, whether, you know, I was on someone else's show or, uh, they were guests on mine or whatever. It's like, yeah, people, I, a lot of people I know now, I know through the podcast, which is super cool. Yeah. I actually, grown up I, with kids, you can't make friends very easily, right? So. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it, yeah. Cause actually like there was a, there was a turning point on the show when, um, uh, we played with the, the Disraeli dreamers, uh, some time yeah. ago. And, uh, like, I'm not like super great friends with them, but I mean, I support everything they do. I go buy anything they put out. Like they're a really, really solid band. You had them on the show, which was, yeah, I was really excited about that. But I, um, I covered them on two episodes on this show. Yeah. You reviewed their show, right? Yeah. I reviewed their show and, and the, uh, the EP release, like the first EP release. And they shared the shit, they shared the shit out of it. It was awesome. And, um, and like Ryan's just like a constant supporter of the show and I'm, you know, really happy for that. And he's like, yeah, I only got four, four shows I listen to, like four podcasts I listen to and that yours is one of them. And it's like, wow, That's you know, awesome. it's cool. Cause I mean, I look up to those guys. They're, they're awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, that's really cool. But that's that's exactly what you're saying. It's that's you know supporting the community thing, and I don't know. Like, wouldn't you rather have that guy listening to your show than just some random stranger in yep. Bolivia or whatever? Yep. <laughs> like, no, definitely. Cool. But but you know this is someone who actually cares about. I mean, especially those episodes. I mean, it's about his own band, but it's someone who's really keyed into the community, and you know. Yeah, it actually is interested in what's happening locally, and so, yeah, that, that, I think that's like a quality listener versus you know just a number. Oh no, for sure. I, except for my listeners in Sweden, which they've been uh, kind of it's been an ongoing show, a joke on the show cool. for a while. There's uh, there's uh, there was a couple of months where our Sweden numbers were bigger than our Canadian numbers, and then bigger than our American numbers. I was like, what is going on? So uh, that you know, it, it, they're they're good. They're a good audience as well. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and maybe they'll listen to your show. Sweden, I I don't know. I still haven't figured it out. I've actually called them out on many, you know, in many episodes. Contact me. Let me know, like, who's listening. Yeah. So Sweden, well, listen to Witch Police. That's, yeah. that's weird, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just kind of random. How do they find it? You must be using some kind of a, a keyword that, that is big in Sweden or something. Like, uh, I wonder what the... <laughs> what would it be? Uh, I, I don't know. Oh. But they have a good don't don't they have a great music scene out there? Oh yeah, they totally have a really good um really good hardcore scene for sure. Oh yeah, that that would make sense. Like back in the especially like in the late nineties and stuff like bands like Refuse and everything coming out of there. Oh yeah, that's and, right. Yeah. And Burning Heart Records, the whole label was Swedish, and there was yeah, there's a bunch of cool stuff there. And they have all those weird metal bands too, right? Oh yeah, yeah, all those weird yeah uh, death metal bands and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all that whole that whole region has all those bands, yeah. Yeah, so it's cool. So, uh, guys, check out Witch Police, please. <laughs> if you're still listening onto this one, please listen. Yeah, and then, like, you know, same with you, too. Hopefully, if people hear this because they like my show, they will check out more episodes of your show, too. It's kind yeah. Of the, the idea of the whole festival anyway, right, is to just help everyone get new, more listeners because it benefits all of us, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, uh, with your crazy, hectic schedule with the kids and, and the job and all that sort of stuff, are there any shows that you're kind of looking forward to? Like, I know you don't go out as often as you used to. I don't either, but <laughs> what's, what's the last show you went to? Um, geez, last show I went to, I don't even know. Um, in the summer, I put on a bunch of house shows at my house. Yep. Because, uh, I, in my backyard, I, I did uh, three of them and it was good because I could pick who was going to be there. I could pick, who was playing and had control over everything. It wasn't like I'm going to a bar and I'm stuck there waiting through three opening bands I don't want to see. You know what <laughs> yep. I mean? So this oh, is yeah. like, my friends are here <laughs> and my friends' bands are playing and it was awesome. And, I, I, and so as, as lame as that sounds, I would much rather prefer going to a house where I go. <laughs> so this was literally in your backyard? Yeah, literally in my backyard, yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. And I feel so much more comfortable doing that. And actually the coolest one was, uh, it was all local bands for the first two shows. And then I, uh, you know the band The Slackers from New York? Yep. Vic Ruggiero from the Slackers, the singer, he, we have a mutual friend, and he was in Winnipeg on a vacation, not to play any shows or anything, but we got him to play in my backyard. No way. A, a two-hour set for like, <laughs> for like 30 people in the backyard. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Like, I mean, that guy's uh, one of my favorite artists of all time, and yeah. the fact that he was even in Winnipeg in the first place is crazy, let alone like hanging out in my kitchen talking about pickles with my wife, and, <laughs> you know, and like playing this crazy you know, intimate set in the backyard and it was, it was so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so a great I'm, story. I'm all for those kind of shows. Like, they, they, they're really small, intimate house shows. I don't feel comfortable going to bars half the time. I, it's just too loud and there's like, 
I don't drink, you know, <laughs> it's just kind of, yeah, not my thing, but if I can do more house shows, not necessarily in my house, but just smaller, smaller venues like that, I'm really into that. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, the, uh, the last show that we played as Dome was, uh, we, <laughs> it was, uh, we had a headlining show. We had the, the, um, we had the Dizzy Mystics and, uh, Tillin yeah, yeah. and I quote the sun opening for us. And, um, we went on at like two in the morning. Yeah. That sucks, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say I was pretty tired. It was really hard to put a good performance in. And I'm like, yeah, how much longer can I do this for? You know? For sure, yeah, yeah. It's not fun anymore, right? When it, when you're staying up that late and you know you got to go home and you got kids and you got work and everything. it's just not, yeah. I didn't even like two o'clock in the morning shows when I was like 18. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to go home and just listen to records at home. So yeah, I, I get it for sure. I, th- I think we were both old already at 18, maybe. Oh, probably. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we actually, I, I, the, some previous bands I was in, we did a lot of, we did a lot of house parties and, um, man, like from a purely monetary perspective, it paid way better Oh yeah, and it was way more fun. It was more casual. It was looser. And I I think the sets we played was always better too. Yeah. So there's something to be said for it. Yeah. Yeah, I love those shows. So is there anything coming up that you'd actually go see? Yeah, I'm probably going to a show tomorrow for the first time in a long time. Uh, my friend's band from North Dakota is playing um, here. I mean, he comes by every once in a while, and I keep missing the show because I have whatever excuse. So yep. uh, I think I'm actually going to go this time. And my other friend um, is opening for him, and then the other band that's playing is a band that's been on my show as well. And uh, so I feel like there's not really an excuse not to go this time. So I'm probably going to check that out. Awesome. The first show I've been to in a while. But I get invited to so many shows. And oh, I'm sure you do. More than 90% of them. Um, I would like to go to more, but it's kind of, uh, unless it's like really close friends playing, even then, even then I often skip them. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Well, you I, get too many, I, you get too many friends. That's the problem. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> yeah. I'd honestly rather just sit and talk to, I'd rather do an interview than yeah. a show and get the band to perform like a couple acoustic songs yeah. for me on the podcast. And that's way better to me anyway than, than dragging myself out and staying up super late. And, uh, yeah, and I, I, I think it, it's like, even though I do a podcast and I talk to people all the time and I work at, you know, for a radio station and all this stuff, I think I'm actually a very introver- introverted person and I would prefer to be in a really small environment with very few people and I can enjoy myself way more than when I'm in a big crowd and stuff. So yeah, I, I'm going to always go for the small house shows or just like hang out with the band and they'll play some songs just for the podcast. That kind of thing is way better for me. I got um I got a show that um I promised. Well, I'm being dragged out too. So apparently, Electric Six is coming. Oh yeah, yeah. In the next little while, and I have actually yet to see them. So I'm being is told I have pyramid? to go. What's that? Is it the pyramid? Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah. yeah, it's either they might be playing like the Garrick Hotel. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think. So I don't know. I, I'm probably yeah, going to go to it and I'll be wrecked the next day. <laughs> Not from drinking, yeah, yeah. but from being up late. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't know. Do you, do you, anything you want to, to, to talk about or anything else you want to cover? Anything you want to promote? Anything else? You got anything special coming up that's outside the uh, ordinary witch police stuff? Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I wanted to start doing more live shows. I mean, I've done like a bunch over the past few years. Um, at the Park Theater and the Handsome Daughter have been the main places we did them. I did one at Torque Brewing as well. Um, but I'm going to, I'm 
doing one on February 18th, which is going to be an invite-only secret show. I'm not going to say who the band is, but it's, it's a band that I, one of my favorite local bands is playing at a uh, undisclosed venue downtown, which is not actually a venue, but uh, it's going to be one of those small, intimate shows like yep. I was talking about. And it's going to be interview plus live performances. I'm going to have about 10 people there. Nice. And, uh, I'm really excited to, to, first of all, do it, and also for people to hear it in podcast form, because I... I know this is a weird opinion, but I personally really like listening to live podcasts. A lot of people don't. I know a lot of people who hate them yep. because it, they're used to a certain format and it takes them out of the format. But I really like hearing how some of my favorite podcasters kind of react in a different situation when there's an audience there and how just how the, the format sort of changes. And so I love doing them. It's super fun. And so I'm hoping to do more like that, just really small shows that aren't announced and maybe there's not tickets sold or anything for it but it's a, a little intimate live thing with a very small crowd of you know a few people and and you release those as podcasts i mean if i if i could ideally i'd love to have that be the show every week if i could go somewhere oh my god yeah with like 10 people in the crowd you know yeah and then just interview a band and get them to perform that would be awesome like kind of like what the village idiots do but on yeah. a much 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 smaller scale and audio only like that would be I, perfect but uh, that's not going to happen because there's a lot of like infrastructure that is involved there in terms of setting up equipment and you know all the technical recording stuff that I, I thankfully don't have to deal with because of the way my show works. So, but yeah, one day I would love to see that, which please turn into that. Oh, I don't man. know if that'll ever happen, but for now it's going to be a few here and there uh, shows of that nature, and uh, yeah, so those will be fun. That would be darn cool. Yeah, you can if you want. I'll uh, I'll give you the info uh, off air here. Sure. Uh, on that show, if you want to come down. Oh man, yeah. What the, the, the February eighteenth? Eighteenth, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, yeah. I can make it work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can make it oh, work, cool. and I know it won't go till two in the morning because you can't no, do it that. Won't. No, 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 no. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, if you got nothing else, I think we'll maybe cap it off there. And uh, thanks, Sam. I really appreciate it. Great talking to you. You see, yeah, you yeah, are, to to you, too, yeah. you are a great guy. I can just yeah, tell. <laughs> well, you as well, and I'm really happy that uh, because of the podcast festival that like we're all meeting each other and getting to know each other, and because I think that everyone involved, especially at that last meeting there, has something they can offer to to kind of help everyone. You help each other out, right? Yeah. I mean, even though we all do completely different genres and focus on different stuff, like I think that just all the different levels of experience and different interests and different even like ways of recording. We yeah. Stuff that could be, we can offer each other. So it's, it's really cool. And I'm glad that uh, the community is sort of forming around yep. that festival. I'm very excited. Haven't been, haven't been this excited in a long time. Yeah, this is a uh, great, uh, great to be part of us for sure. Right on. Awesome. Okay. Well, I will do an edit at this moment and then, uh, uh, we'll cut it off here and 